Hello, everyone. Today's guest on the show is Leah Kreitz. Leah is the Vice President of Client Success at Recall Max. Leah is an old friend of mine. We go back years. I used to work with her on the dealer side, uh, helping introduce uh, Recall Max to clients. And it was just great to catch up today. So uh, Leah has been doing very, very well with Recall Max. Recall Max has grown substantially since uh, we spoke last. Uh, they're now operating in the United States as well as Canada. And again, it's just really great to catch up. So for those that don't know Recall Max, Recall Max, uh, very plainly and uh, poorly described, I'm sure Leah would, would attest this, is for patient communication, texting, emailing patients, auto um, enrolling into hygiene programs, but so much more. Uh, they've got a very powerful dashboard that gives a lot of analytics that other companies that kind of fall into the same space don't really seem to offer. So anyways, it was great to catch up with Leah. If you have any questions, please reach out to Leah after the show and we'll talk to you guys soon. So cheers and bye for now. This is the Co-Travel Podcast and I'm Bob Piercy, bringing you conversations from professionals from in and around today's dental industry, exploring new and exciting topics that are affecting us all as we work to grow and succeed. Information you can consume on your time when you want to hear it. My name is Bob Piercy. Let's hit the road. Leah, it is great to see you today. Hi, Bob. <laughs> For people listening, if you just hear the tone in her voice, uh, it, this is not a new uh, conversation. This is not someone I've just met. Uh, Lee and I go back for years, and uh, it's again, it's, it's been a span, but it's mm -hmm. great to great to catch up. Great to see you. You're you're doing well. Yes, I'm doing great. It's nice to connect again. I miss the old days. I know, right? They, around they were, Edmonton together. They were so much fun. I, uh, looking over uh, over. Uh, dashboards and you know, reviewing practices and seeing opportunities and what's going on. So uh, real quick, so Leah Kreitz, Vice President, that's a new title. So I want to talk about that yes. at some point for Thank sure. You. But, yeah. Uh, Vice President of Client Success at Recall Max. So how, uh, how, how are things going? Really well. I mean, we're, you know, we, I've had a bunch of projects on the go. Obviously, new title just recently became VP here. And I'm super excited. I think that it's going to be good to start to get my hands into a couple of the other departments. Um, and I mean, it's all about the customer journey at this point, always has been, but, you know, evolution and enhancing things because we're scaling pretty hard right now and, you know, want to keep, keep the client at top of mind. So that's really kind of the ultimate goal. Oh, good for you. And for those that don't know, Recall Max, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take a stab at this. I'm gonna take a stab at remembering okay. what Recall Max was back when we worked together. Okay. And please jump in and and, and add to this as to uh, how things are changing. Um, obviously, one of the the main things starts off as you know patient communication, so texting, emails, re appointment reminders. Um, you guys also did a lot of work with um, you know trying to fill uh, blank spaces in uh, in in the appointment book, uh, getting people in last minute had a really and I think one of the strongest tools you had at the time was your um, your appointment uh, uh, filling tool, uh, last minute tool. But then also the cool thing you guys had over other communication companies was your dashboard. And you mm -hmm. could actually take a look at a practice and you could take a look at an office's standard of care of, of what they think is reasonable, responsible dentistry for recalls. And you guys could actually provide data to so offices knew how they were doing. And again, the opportunities that they, they had and also again, the opportunities that where the practice could possibly be, be if they put maybe better systems in place and had track things more carefully. And uh, how, how is that? Am I, am I, am I right? Am I close? Yeah, am I mean, I... you're, you're pretty close there. I think that probably one of the things that, you know, recall max faced and always will faces, you know, when we're in the automated space, like automated messaging space, 
because we obviously do that, but that's never our focus. Our focus is always on uncovering opportunities to fill schedules and then providing the tool for the administrators to easily move those into the schedule. And I mean, ultimately the message is, you know, automated messaging is not the enemy by any sense. There is a ton to automated messaging that really does help with convenience and patients find it more convenient. But when it comes down to it, we just want to provide easy outlets for admin team members to continue their, you know, uh, relationship with their patients. And that's really what it's about. It's not about just, you know, robot messaging fills schedules. Um, does it help? Yes. Is it the only solution? No. So we like to provide a holistic solution that has automation, but also what I like to call our toolbar as our personal assistant, right? For the administrator. So it's just going to organize those and make, make their lives easier. It, it just really does help. No, and, and I remember um, really much liking it and using the, the, this dashboard that you guys had uh, because again, other, other systems, again, in my previous role on the dealer side, you know, we had multiple systems that, that we were able to sell that kind of, you know, air quotes did the same thing. Mm-hmm. But when you actually, when you ask these systems, you know, how do you track, how do you quantify the, the effect that you've actually hosting on the, the, they would give you like vague percentages, but then you, you could ask, you know, there's, there's that saying, like, ask why five times to find out the true answer. Mm-hmm. Or, and, and, but once you dig down to the next level, you realize that they didn't have the, the data. They didn't track the data. They didn't actually look at stuff to actually really quantify. It, it was just, you know, it, it was a, a made up number almost as to how right. much of an effect they're having on the practice where with recall max, you could actually see the information. You could see how many appointments were booked. You could see again, how many um, open spots were left and you can see, you know, the opportunities as to where those numbers could grow, you know, with the, again, by looking at the dashboard on a daily basis, you could really see the effect in the office that, that and the opportunity it, that was happening. So, uh, uh, that was something I really appreciated with what you guys were doing. Yeah, you're right there. And one of the big projects that I actually just worked on was our new iteration of our analytics portal. So it got a complete overhaul and really kind of the overall message there is identifying what is the practices opportunity, obviously in both restorative and the hygiene departments. What is the activity? This is a huge one because The activity means what is the team members doing to access and move opportunities into the schedule? That is something that is very challenging to actually distill down. So we have that captured. So it's not only, well, what can my practice do? But it's what are my team members doing about the opportunity? And then most importantly, what's the results? right? So it's not just about, oh, we contacted 500 people. It's like, okay, great. What was the resulting, what was the result of that activity? Because at that point, once you have kind of all the pieces that tell this holistic story, then you can start to tweak process, build skill sets of team members in order to really optimize what's happening. Because if they're contacting 500 people and four people are booking, that's not the result you want. So you can dig into, well, do you need more coaching on verbal skills? Is there something else that's a you know barrier to the success? And that's overall the picture that we want to give managers and practice owners and, and networks of dental practices. And um, if I remember correctly, I think you said back in the day, 
that even like a rock star receptionist business um, operations for a dental office would be able to book say 20% of the time. I think that yeah. was the number. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, and we, we had a lot of conversations too, by using this dashboard and using your software as, as a training uh, uh, tool to kind of help get the office, the doctor, the managers to really buy into, to pre-scheduling appointments. Because again, mm -hmm. look at the time it takes, even if, if a rock star is at 20% booking rate, you know, the time it takes to, you know, how many phone calls to book 10 appointments versus if you could just get the hygienist or the assistant to book the person in the chair before they left, you're saving all that time and all that resources uh, for other work. And, and there's no shortage of work at dental offices. Um, there's always something that needs to be done. And, and again, just trying to get the mindset changed in the clinic um, moving forward. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. There's a whole process of working things from a proactive scheduling to reactive scheduling. And, and, you know, there's kind of four key components to managing a schedule effectively. So it's obviously management of pre-appointing. You're going to want to manage your hygiene and recall effectively. You need to manage unscheduled treatment effectively, and then also cancellations. So all of those components, if you can manage to do them reasonably well, you're, you're bound for success. You really are. And, um, the, the dashboard helps give insight into what's performing well and maybe what's not, who's performing well and who's not, okay? The tool is for the team members. And then I also, another project that I recently had was developing Platinum. So Platinum is a offering with Recall Max that really brings that coaching side of things. So when I was a practice management consultant, really the whole process was to implement you know, a system and then assist the team members with winning with it. And that's kind of critical because if you don't have buy-in and adoption, it doesn't matter what tool you put in place. You're never going to see its potential unless your team members are really invested in uh, utilizing it effectively. And I mean, there's so much going on in the dental world today. We could talk for hours on like the landscape of dentistry right now, but there is some fundamental issues with team members and, you know, resource constraint and shortages. And, you know, obviously people are out with illness and that sort of thing. So there's been a lot that's plagued practice owners and managers, um, you know, over the last couple of years. And I, really was intent, our recall max was intent on providing a holistic solution. So it's like, okay, you know, do you need assistance with onboarding new team members? Great. Well, we have advanced education and skill set that's going to help them, you know, cultivate better verbal skills, understand the why behind the processes that they're doing and how to do it effectively. So that was, you know, something that was really born of even conversations that we had, you know, mm -hmm. Knowing my practice uh, management background was, you know, I'd work with all sorts of practice that would be like, just tell us what to do or how to do better. And that's really where all of this came from. And the practices that have adopted it are just, you know, doing so well. And it's easy concepts. It's not some, you know, not reinventing the wheel, but it's easy concepts that team members can adopt and really just start to move the needle in the practice, especially now when we need it, you know, we're still in recovery mode a little bit 
as an industry. Um, and people are, you know, trying to get back on recall cycles that they've missed and get treatment in that they've kind of forgotten about when, you know, there was closures and that sort of thing. So it, it is a rebuild type scenario right now, like much of the world and probably many industries. But um, I think that, that, you know, there's so much potential out there. It's just aligning all the pieces is, is critical. I, you said that so well, I thought, and I, you actually mentioned something. I'm really glad you brought it up and actually talked about your experience back when you were an office manager and a, a consultant. And mm -hmm. so uh, if I recall back to the story, that's where you started being a, an office manager and a, and a consultant and you were using Recall Max in its very early stages. And I think then you became, all of a sudden were onboarded onto Recall Max to kind of yeah. start doing what you're doing. Is that, is that, how did that go again? Well, I mean, I've been in the industry for ages. Uh, I started in dental in 2003, I believe. So we're almost 20 years in here. And I've, you know, run the gauntlet of, you know, different roles within a practice and ultimately um, found a lot of solutions that were going to be beneficial to other practices. So once I embarked on my consulting journey, I did have a client who had, it was called Recall System Pro at that time. Um, and this was obviously many years ago. And I was like, what is this thing? This is fantastic. Like I had all these manual processes to help team members, you know, stay on top of pre-offs and stay on top of AR and, and, you know, hygiene and all that kind of stuff. And when I started diving into it a little bit more and I found out they were, you know, in Calgary and that's where I reside. So I was like, this is really interesting. And I fell in love. I was like, this is the game changer as a consultant to have all of these tools and, you know, implemented them in the majority of the practices that I was working with. And then um, our CEO, Jeff was like, you know, we're glad you're such a fan. Let's chat. And ultimately, you know, found a path to, to continue on working with the product. Cause I was able to, you know, work on what I was passionate about. And as a consultant, that was, I strictly was system development and implementation. That's really what spoke to me and was my strength. And then I just rolled into, you know, strictly focusing on that with recall max. And, and so how long have you been with Recall Max to date? How many years has I been? I think I've been in here, oh Lord, probably five or six years. Okay. I, yeah. I was I was going to guess a little bit more than that just based on like how many years ago since we've worked together. But uh, mm -hmm. but still like it's it's been it's been a minute for sure. Time flies when you're having fun. I <laughs> who knows? <laughs> it's and, been a while. And and uh no, that, that's fantastic. And, and really the, the offering you guys have, um, really how much has it, has it changed since you first joined to, to where you guys are now? Well, I mean, it's from when I first joined Recall Max, I mean, we've obviously come a long way with the, you know, we've added treatment and there's been some feature enhancements as far as large scale um, changes probably the dashboard is one of the bigger changes that people would have seen. We're um, like, I mean, it's light years different from where Recall System Pro was. Mm -hmm. I mean, the solution has become so holistic um, and it's really just taken a different spin on, you know, 
moving away from not just solely focusing on automation to really incorporating personal touches and having the tool for the front desk. I mean, yeah, I don't know if I ever told you this kind of back when we used to um, work together, but, you know, and you would have known this too, being in the um, sundry space was that, you know, all the cool stuff that was sold to dentists or in dentistry, like walked its way past the front desk and into the back of the clinic. And I felt like that's where the tech was really developed and the tools for advancing dentistry. And when you look at the front desk, it's like, okay, you have a scheduling platform, go manage this multi-million dollar business. And, you know, there just really was a huge gap in providing tools and technology to the business side of things to really kind of keep pace with what was happening in the back. So um, I always thought that was kind of interesting. And, and, you know, you go ask any admin, they're like, yeah, hey, like, where's our new thing? <laughs> well, and, you know, in, 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 all, in, in all fairness, and I, I'm not trying to defend doctors by any means, but <laughs> at the same time, it, here's a, a brand new CAD CAM system or a 3D printer that you get to play with, or you at least get to see versus yeah. something that's just out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> and uh, you don't realize it. It's so funny. I was talking to a, a person uh, a couple of weeks ago now. And anyways, I'm, I'm now in the, the 3D printing space and, and, and it's, yes, it's, yes. Very, it's a very interesting place to be, uh, just not just dentistry, but just the, the space in general with how it's changing manufacturing all around uh, the globe. Anyways, uh, I ran into this really hard-nosed person to talk to and is not interested in technology, totally invested in doing it the automated way, the you know, analog way. And anyways, I was going through this, and it was a fun conversation, banter back and forth. It was, it was, it was good-hearted. Uh, but they were very, very strict in, in their belief. And then at the last five seconds of the conversation, I find out that this person isn't actually the technician who would use it. It's the, his wife's business and he's just a spouse. And I'm thinking like, oh man, like you have no way, like you have no idea the work that your wife does to do the work she does and how this could benefit her. All you see is the price tag that's going to cost the business. Right. And, and again, how many doctors know really what goes on at the front desk and the work that they that uh, that those people have put into keep the schedule full to you know deal with insurances to deal with like you say cancellations that whole no one no one knows that job unless you're doing it and so you don't really realize why a tool or investing in that might help so much um, mm -hmm. now real quick what um, percentage of offices do you think in in Canada, in Alberta, say maybe even North America, if you if you want to go that far, are employing some form of, you know, front end system, either you or a competitor. Like, are we at twenty percent offices have some sort of technology there, or is it still oh lower, gosh, yeah, or is it it, it's significantly higher. I mean, when you think about even Recall Max, we're in you know uh, over a third of all dental practices. And I mean, so that in itself is, is a massive thing. I mean, the, I would say the vast majority, you're, it's, you're going to be hard pressed to find a practice that doesn't have some form of uh, automated contact with their client, right? And so it's just having the capacity to differentiate between what is auto confirmations or auto recall reminders like, hey, you're due 
and truly managing the opportunity through to the schedule where you can see those patients. So, I mean, that's always been one of the things that we're, you know, fighting the good fight for, so <laughs> to speak. You know, we uh, Recall Max came from the dental space. It was founded and created by people who help dentists with their business. It wasn't a tech company that saw an opportunity to automate some reminders with, you know, some code. And that's always been the heart of it. It's mm -hmm. like what we understand the challenges that business owners, uh, DSOs and networks, uh, admins, office managers, and really that was is placed under an umbrella. Do I wish that I could tell you, hey, doc, throw on this thing, auto message, money's raining from the sky. But if that was the case, we would all be there. Don't you think like there wouldn't, I mean, I would have not needed a job as a consultant because I could have just walk in and be like, flick on this auto reminder and, and your schedule's magically populated. But unfortunately that wasn't the case. So, um, I mean, I think that it's important that if you don't have a solution like Recall Max, helping you effectively manage the opportunities in your practice, that you do seek out how to do it with your scheduling platform, mm -hmm. you know, because I don't ever want to lose sight of personal engagement that is like my big, you know, I'll die on that hill. I really will. Like you will not find somebody who could ever convince me that reaching out to patients personally and expressing genuine interest in their oral health will ever be replaced by some automation. You know, well, it'd have I've... to be some pretty sick AI at that point <laughs> to replace people. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, I, that's a long way of telling you that you know, lots of practices have automated messaging, not lots of practices have a true holistic solution to help admins fill schedules. And I think reading or, or hearing again, another weird wonky scat that, that just by tracking progress on a goal, whatever goal it is, it could be weight loss, it could be, uh, it could be, you know, obviously, uh, business related, uh, it could be other personal things, even just tracking uh, would, would result in a 5%, you know, net gain in towards your goal because again if you, the i remember one time someone said you know there's a trend like post anything you're going to eat on social media before you eat that chocolate bar post it this is going in my mouth you know before you post you know that three slices of pizza um because it's going to make you just tracking and, and being aware and again the big issue that so many offices have is they're just unaware they're unaware of the stats that of of what's actually happening so even if an office had uh your dashboard and they did nothing to engage, but just simply checked it on a daily basis, you would get a net gain out of that. But the true gain, like you talk about, is, is you need to actually implement stuff and make steps going towards, and you're going to show areas of opportunity, but there's also, there's, you know, those gaps exist for a reason, whether it's like you say, um, you know, phone skills, verbal skills, communication skills um, that need to be trained and taught and opportunities and maybe some, um, some easy mistakes that could be avoided that's it's still the, the, the man hours and the effort that goes into creating the, the real improvements in the practice. Absolutely. I mean, that in which you give attention usually improves, right? Which is just kind of exactly what you're saying. You said it's, it better than I did. <laughs> it's, it's whatever you focus on. It's 
you know, it, it's funny. Um, another team member here was recently just talking about how she did competitive mountain biking and what resonated with her when she was learning was the coach was like, just look where you want to go. If you look at the obstacle or you focus on that, that is where you're going to go. I mean, it's like you ride a motorbike, right? It's the same kind of philosophy. You need to look where you want to go because that's ultimately the path forward. So, you know, when you're thinking about analytics and that sort of thing, you're right. You know, we can provide this information, but it's always the like, now what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. what do we do with that? And, and, you know, I've been in the industry long enough to understand that, you know, dentists have a fairly good business acumen, but they're also treating patients, you know, they're in the operatory providing the service that uh, keeps the business alive. So, you know, you can only do so much. And at some point you do need to access other resources that are going, you know, hyper-focused on the success of team members, hyper-focused on the success of your practice. And, and ultimately that that's where you'll be free to have a full schedule. So you can treat the patients you want to, and you have the assistance of having business tools that allow you to, you know, quickly take a gauge on what's going on. Like how healthy is this thing? Like, where are yeah, we at? Sure. You know? And we, I mean, we do have even like a health check, which means let us just take a, we'll pull back the curtain just a touch. Cause if, you know, if you don't know what you don't know. So if you pull back the curtain on it, you might be either pleasantly surprised, or you might be very shocked at what is sitting on the table still. So, I mean, it, it's just a, it, it's every industry is like that, you know? <laughs> we all have our, our unique little quirks. Yeah. yeah. Um, going right back to your mountain biking uh, coworker, um, Simon yeah. Sinek also talks about that and uses a very similar analogy. He talks about skiers skiing through trees. Yes. And, you know, yes. you know, seeing the path, you know, between the trees, not focusing on don't hit the tree. Cause if you focus on, and, I, and I've been there too, where it's like, don't hit the tree and you, and you have to force yourself to look down the path that you want to go. And it's amazing how, how it actually works that way. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a great analogy for, for business as well. It's just, you know, you have to focus mm -hmm. on the path and, and obstacles are there and, and recognize that they're there. But again, just like, you know, being committed to the path, the direction you want to go. Let them go. Yeah, in the that, side, in the peripheral. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. Um, now, you also talked about um, businesses and, and the, the special thing about the interesting thing about dentistry, too. Like the doctor is the primary producer and mm -hmm. so many other businesses that you can, you, you, you know, you grow a business to a certain size and then you hire someone to take a role. And then you as the, the owner, you get to step back and have the more of a management role. And offices, mm -hmm. you know, in dentistry obviously do that a bit with having associates. But again, so many offices, the, the, the owning dentist, he or she is still very much in the chair treating patients, you know, a high percentage of the time, very, very few dentists actually step back and would operate say 50% or even less uh, in, in the operatory and, and take, they, they hire so many people to take on those um, peripheral uh, roles because they can't hire someone essentially to do the job of the dentist. Mm -hmm. um, and so again, that leads dentistry into an opportunity where, you know, very, very high uh, at risk of, of fraud, but also just, you know, again, they're unaware of how to, how the business is operating. And mm -hmm. um, uh, it's just a, a unique problem that the dentistry faces. Um, yes. One, obviously kind of like uh, connection or uh, 
transition is in regards to corporate dentistry versus solo practice, practitioner dentistry, um, solo ownership. Um, how are you seeing those uh, types of offices differ? How are you seeing opportunities, uh, advantages, pro and against? Like, what's um, what's going on in, in the dental industry that you're seeing today, I guess, is a good question. Well, I mean, I think it's no secret that, you know, dental service organizations or networks of uh, practices are growing every day. Um, I mean, it's very prevalent, especially in the United States. They're, they tend to be a little bit more uh, ahead of the curve, let's say. Um, but I mean, ultimately, the personal choice to, you know, go corporate or remain, you know, individual, they have their pros and cons. I mean, there's a lot, you know, every problem or business problem that you have as a solo is just amplified when you have multiple practices. So it just takes creative solutions and enterprise style solutions, which, um, I mean, we have a, a good grasp on. I mean, we serve the majority of large DSOs in our space. Um, and have, you know, enterprise dashboards and, and different solutions for multi-location. Um, but I think, you know, as much as it's a way of the future, there's always going to be the space of, you know, the dentist who wants to just, you know, run his own or her own ship. And that's wonderful. And I think it's great to have the organizations as well. I think that offering different types of uh, business solutions is, is there's, there's space for everyone. Let's just right. say. Uh, yeah. And I, I guess I'm also interested too, is that, you know, people always wonder what's on the other side of the fence. And so mm -hmm. there's a lot of, a lot of GPs owning practices and especially earlier on, and maybe it's changing now with, with the number of, of DSO offices growing that the, the secrets may be out um, a little bit, but they're always kind of curious, what's it like over there in that type of an environment versus, mm -hmm. you know, in, in a, a solo owned practice. Um, you also just mentioned, though, too, in the U.S. Now, Recall Max is operating in the United States. Um, yes. How long have you guys been in the U.S.? We've actually been in there for a few years now. I mean, there's no such thing as overnight success. But, um, you know, our our branch in the U.S. is is flourishing. It's it, We've got a ton of team members down there. They're doing really well. And we're, you know, carving out a very good name for ourselves, reputation for ourselves down there. And um, yeah, I, it's different for sure. Um, the, the, the industry is different. Dental industry is different in the United States than it is here in Canada. Um, but uh, obviously there's continuity on the big stuff. <laughs> so what, and how is it different? How would you like, uh, what's the biggest difference you realized that? I think that one of the biggest differences is probably just the the business side of things from a, um, obviously corporate dentistry is a little bit larger down there. There's some really uh, big groups down there, which is just really cool, you know, to see how they function and how they operate and just solutions they put into place um, at scale mm -hmm. it is kind of the the thing that's super interesting there. Now, as far as the landscape is, I don't know. I don't even know how to really put my finger on it, but it's just dentistry as an industry is just slightly different than it is here. And um, I mean, they face 
similar yet different challenges. Culturally, it's different. I know that, you know, we're, we're similar to the United States, but the, you know, they have their own set of philosophies and that sort of thing too. But ultimately the end goal to treat patients and care for oral health is universal essentially, mm-hmm. you know, but it, 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 it's, it's just probably different in the sense that, um, you know what? I don't even actually know a hundred percent what it is. There's just, well, I, I think one of the biggest differences different. has to be insurances that the PPOs in the U S is, is uh, it doesn't really exist in Canada. Um, right. I was talking to a, a guest a few weeks ago and uh, he's operating in the U S um, it's an AI driven uh, company uh, that, that helps uh, collect payments for PPOs. And, and, and he was even mentioning though, that, that there's, interest in trying to bring that system to Canada, which Canadian industry has done a very good job to resist uh, to this point. Um, and, but anyways, but again, that interest is obviously they, is they see a market, they see an opportunity. So I think that has to be one of the big differences. Um, I always kind of thought that it was interesting in Canada where we do have universal healthcare. Mm-hmm. You know, it seemed people just, people wanted, they expected dentistry to be for free. Right. They didn't realize it right. wasn't covered. And now there's obviously talks about um, healthcare um, covering dentistry and we'll see what happens there and how that is rolled mm-hmm. out and, um, and when it's rolled out, um, but really how, but uh, that was, there's a mindset there that almost hurt Canadians in the sense is that they weren't used to paying for, you know, for treatment. Uh, but right. in the U S obviously um, they, that isn't an issue. So, um, and again, how is Canada different from the U.S.? There's so many different ways you could say it, but it's also right. You ask ten people, you get ten different answers. So I'm sure right. it's the same in, in dentistry too. Um, in regards to, uh, I, I guess, companies like yourself operating versus like the, the DSO market, what's the fear? Or like, I guess, why aren't why aren't these large DSOs just recreating their own recall systems? Why are they still employing companies like yourself? as opposed to uh, with the size and scale that they have, isn't that a, a fear or concern that they could just kind of build their own or is, is there still a benefit to bringing on recall max? I mean, I think that it's not the first time we've heard, oh, well, we'll build it. Right. And it's, you know, the, the journey and the investment in such granular knowledge to build something like recall max is people, you know, always assume that you can do it, but when you actually break it down, the amount of time, energy, and knowledge that's been distilled into, you know, the toolbar, the analytics tool, it's very, very difficult to replicate. And it's been so thought through. Do you know what I mean? it's, It's been thought through from multiple sides. It's thought through from business perspective, because that's obviously we want people performing, but it's also was built in mind with improving the day-to-day life of the end user. So it, it's really bookended in a, in a nice way that is, I think it would be very challenging to just throw, you know, whole bunch, I'll dummy this, throw a bunch of coders in a room and be like, make this thing because there's so many moving parts that make it the success that it is. Well, and I think it, it speaks well too. like, again, uh, to make something appear so easy and simple that it could be just recreated very easily. You are, uh, you know, uh, negligently neglecting the, the work and thought that went into it that make it look so easy and seamless. And so mm-hmm. it's just, uh, and, and um, again, like I think you've, like you said that you have you know, years and years of, 
of of thought that's gone into this that it just it it, it yeah just to make it overnight again is just a copy paste it is probably a very very difficult difficult thing um yeah in regards to um uh challenges in in, in canada right now my understanding is and it's, it's not a new problem or challenge in dentistry is obviously staffing um hygienist assistants mm-hmm. you know admin people um you know there's there's talk of you know the the, the mass uh retirement or not retirement sorry but the the, the quitting that happened after uh, after COVID, people wanting to work from home, mm-hmm. remain at home. Um, yes, I guess the great resignation. Great resignation, thank you. And then there's also apparently there's another thing called the quiet quitting is a new one, right. uh, which is just people being like, you know what, um, you can't fire me because there's no one to replace me, and I, I'm not happy to be here, so I'm just going to basically do the the, the minimum. Um, and so there's that is, is coming into effect as well. Um, does recall max allow offices to kind of uh, employ people in new ways so that you know maybe in office uh employment isn't required that does give people a chance to work from home remotely uh, is that are you seeing that in the, in the dental industry yeah i mean i think that the, it's definitely an option i mean there's no problem in i mean the way technology is today you can work from anywhere and i think covid proved that you know everybody was you know at home but you know doing their job so there's no reason why you couldn't implement a, you know, a work from home strategy and use it. Now, the thing that I think is probably a good strategy is the, you know, hiring for the personality and training for the skill. So I, when, you know, we are as an industry, at least in my experience, we love dental experience in the dental industry and it has impeded our capacity to, you know, keep people or hire people. Cause when, you know, a lot of people found other industries during COVID and didn't return back to the dental space, it did leave a big void and it left it void of people with experience as well. Or like you said, people who are just hanging in there, it's not really a passion. Um, so, you know, I think as a piece of advice there, you know, you meet people every day, coffee shops, wherever. And you just think like, you're stellar at what you do. And we could probably train you to have the skill sets that you would need. But, you know, there's obviously soft skills that are so hard to train. So, you know, always go after the people that you think are, you know, big and bright and, and give them the skills that they need from a training perspective. Well, you know, and I think the some of the biggest rock stars that I met in the dental industry, you know, working in, in offices, um, you know, did not come from dentistry. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. if you're going to be an assistant or a hygienist, you know, you, you need to have that training right. and that skill work. Uh, but yeah, the, the whole term of like dental experience, all that is is experience of what you did at the last job, and it mm-hmm. might have been bad, might have been completely wrong. <laughs> right. You could have been you, you could have been coming from like a, a paper office that had no right. computer or, or IT, and now, but that's dental experience. Um, and again, like the, you know, people are concerned that they know the, the insurance codes or they know something, you know, like, like you say, you know, all that stuff can be trained. There's a cost to training. So, but mm-hmm. so hiring the right people, getting in that position, get, you know, making them successful. Um, and again, hopefully not having to retrain because people are just, you know, a revolving door of, of, of staff members. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, no, yeah, dental experience um, has, and again, there's great people that have worked their entire lives in dentistry. 
Uh, but again, mm-hmm. the, the, the few really shining stars that I could think of, even to this day, are people that came from outside the industry that came in. And uh, again, they brought that, that their, their social skills, their personality, their drive to learn and, and exceed and excel. And so they've, they've picked up the, the technical dental knowledge very, very quickly. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And yeah, even some of the people that I know in the industry who I was like blown away by from a service perspective, you know, um, I was like, they never came from dentistry. They came from, you know, the hotel industry or, you know, serving industry and that sort of thing, or even um, like medical aesthetics and stuff where it's just a little bit different and yeah, they can kill it. So, I mean, you do obviously need the resources to onboard effectively. That's critical, you know, uh, giving somebody the tools to win so that they stay um, is, is a key, key component for sure. You know, I'm actually in the process of, of uh, reading a book and I'm actually listening to it. So I don't want to like, you know, over uh, pump my, uh, if, if listening to a book is, is less uh, intellectually uh, required. Reading with your ears. There you go. Yeah, thank you. Um, but it's actually, I forget the title of the book. Uh, it's actually um, on Netflix though. And it's talking about the Netflix and what Netflix actually does is they actually pay 5% over market for positions and roles. Another right. crazy thing that they do is they actually encourage uh, employees to go out and meet with recruiters. And one of the first things that they want those employees to find out from the recruiters are what are these other roles paying? And Netflix will bump up the pay to be 5% over rate. And this sounds like a completely bizarre, crazy um, uh, strategy. And, and, but it's working for Netflix and, it, and, uh, and, and because they, they have very, very low turnover. They are hiring people based on, you know, they're, they're, and they're trying to hire the best people that they can find. So they're really aiming for high quality people. And again, there's a cost to retraining and there's a cost to mm-hmm. onboarding new people. And, you know, if, you, if all of a sudden, what they don't want to have is they don't want to have people like sneaking around behind their back interviewing. But if, you, if they want employees to be open and honest about it and, and, and finding out, and it's just an interesting, interesting uh, prospect. And I'll, if I can't find it here real quick, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. But um, yeah, it's just, it's not being afraid of all these things that companies are generally afraid of in regards mm-hmm. to their employees and, and losing, um, and this is actually, it's, it's uh, No Rules Rules, Netflix and the Culture of Revolution uh, by Reed Hastings and Aaron Mayer. Uh, I think Meyer Mayer. Um, but um, yeah, it's just, uh, and, and I know people are just always concerned about what they pay their staff and how businesses are operated and, you know, they're trying to get, you know, um, but again, they have found a system that works for them where they are getting, you know, more, more benefit by paying that higher wage and getting rock stars to work for them than mm-hmm. losing it. And I've heard, I've heard of, uh, I'm sure you've heard of this too, where you have a rock star receptionist, goes to the doctor, wants to raise, doctor says, I'm sorry, I can't afford to pay you any more money. That person leaves and then they have to hire two people to do the job of one person. Right. And they're paying, you know, and that, that person only wanted a, a, a 10%, 15% raise. And right. now they're paying a hundred percent more money for two people to do the same job. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, it's a delicate balance. I, when I was um, managing, you know, the philosophy was always, you know, w- when you're in negotiations with a potential new hire, I never wanted them to take the job because of the money that I was offering. So you, you don't want to go so crazy that it's like, 
even though they, their heart isn't in it, they're like, I want that cash, you know? Right. And you never wanted somebody to not take the job because of the money. So, you know, using open conversation and dialogue and, and, and truly negotiating with people, I think is, is critical. You don't, having a, you know, a, a firm hand at like, you know, it means make this much. And it's, you know, there's a lot of factors that are considered, but you don't want to pass up somebody who could have a very positive impact on the bottom line of the business for two bucks an mm-hmm. hour, you know, but you also don't want to give away the farm and have people who, you know, may not be living up to the potential of the wage. So. No, absolutely. And, you know, there's an interesting, and this analogy doesn't really affect dental offices, but it affects, you know, companies like, like Recall Max who hire mm-hmm. uh, coders and programmers. There's a study done, and uh, it's, it's talked about in the book, where they brought in so many um, coders, and they're given uh, pro, uh, uh, you know, they're given a task to write a certain amount of code, and then they're given another project on how to uh, debug you know code and, and how you can fix it, and they're they're trying to uh, rank these uh, uh, different uh, coders, and the belief was that if you, there'd be maybe a two x or two and a half x performance you know from the worst person to the the best person. So the best person might be two and a half times better, faster than the, the worst person to perform. The reality was it was a 25x difference. Wow. And, and so then now if you're talking, now does that 25x difference in, in, exist in dentistry? I don't think so. Um, I'd be hard to believe that's the case for a receptionist or a business uh, consultant for a dental office. But again, then the question is like, why would that person who's uh, you know 25x more that could be that could replace an entire coding team mm-hmm. um or so why would you pay them the same amount of money as you pay the the worst person or why would you pay the worst person you know the same amount of money as a person who's you know 10x better than them and it's just an interesting idea conversation to look at in regards to uh, salaries when people pay and what do they actually bring to the office because that that, that differs um it's uh but again it's uh i'm not the one having to write the the uh salary and payroll checks at the end of each month. Uh, it's definitely something hard to hard to kind of go after, but. But it also brings up an interesting perspective too. And this was something that we gave a lot of consideration to is how do you measure their performance? It's extremely hard in the dental space. I mean, obviously from a technical standpoint, if you're a dentist, hygienist, that sort of thing, you can see the results of their work. And it's a little more ambiguous on the administrative business side of things, because there's so many factors that go into the success of a practice that, you know, if hygiene's open, why is it? Is it cancellations issues or is my team actually doing the work or do you know what I mean? Is it their skill sets? Is it what they're saying? That's, you know, not resulting in a booked appointment. And if you don't have that, it's actually really challenging to even no, you know, are you worth the money, right? Like you need that type of data in order to make good business decisions. And that was something that was really important to Recall Max is like, it's not a matter of, hey, this admin's not doing their job, but it says, hey, there's potential to improve here here's the tools to help your team members win. And that's really what it's all about. It's not like a big brother situation, but accountability goes a long way. And as a manager, 
I was always very firm on the inspect what you expect. Yeah. That mantra alone can take you a long ways because if you have an expectation, then you obviously need to provide the tools and set the expectation, but also measure against that expectation so that it's not a feeling or an opinion. And that's really critical in helping your team members succeed. Well, hey, thank you for bringing that tangent of mine back to the conversation <laughs> and making it relevant. So first of all, that's awesome. Great job. Uh, <laughs> But no, and, and, and yeah, and, and you make a great point too. Like, you know, there, there needs to be transparency on, on both parts as to like know what to expect and know what to inspect. And again, mm -hmm. know what you're being graded on. Because yes. if, if, if people don't know and they think they're doing a great job over here doing one particular role, but something else is being expected and being neglected, then it's just kind of like, and, and whose fault is that? Honestly, it comes, to, in my opinion, it comes down to the, the business owner's fault for not, not conveying that, that message properly. Um, mm -hmm. But again, if, if, if people can use Recall Max and set out the, the, the criteria that, look, here is the roles that, you know, that, that we're able to gauge here with using the software and we want to gauge and, and uh, rank your performance based on this. This is here's what we're expecting. Then people know where they stand. They know when they're struggling and maybe they can come to their boss and say, look, I need help. I'm not, this isn't working. Mm -hmm. What am I doing wrong? How do I do better? Um, and vice versa, people can go and say, here's a quarterly check. And hey, look, you know, Leah, you know, it's, you're, you're kind of struggling right now. What's going on? How can we help? Um, and then again, too, you can find someone who's, if, if they're not right for the role, um, you know, it's, it's always hard having to make those decisions, but in the end, hopefully they find a role that they are successful at. Hopefully you find someone that is successful for, for the role you need and everyone's better off uh, in the end. But, uh, again, being able to, like you say, tangibly measure mark and, uh, and grade those, uh, those, those cues that are expected is, uh, is, is something again, as opposed to just like throwing a dart in the dark and hoping you've you know, you, you get it right. Who knows? So yeah, cool. absolutely. I completely agree. Hey, Leah, I want to be mindful of your time. I think this has been a lot of fun to catch up. Has there been anything that we haven't touched on that you want to kind of bring out about Recall Max? What's new? What's coming out in the future? Kind of where oh, you're going? I mean, we could sit here all day, but, um, you know, I think that it was wonderful to see you again. Number one, <laughs> nice to chat with you. Um, but yeah, I think that, you know, we, we kind of touched on everything that, uh, that I had on top of mind or what have you, but I'm sure we could do a hundred episodes and still not finish our combo. Well, hey, but, don't, uh, don't, don't challenge me to that. I might take you up on it. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was really great seeing you. It has been, no, thanks so much. Um, real quick, uh, people that want to get in touch with you and touch with Recall Max, uh, what are the best ways to do that? So you can reach us at, uh, we have a website, obviously recallmax.com. Um, you can reach out to, uh, if you're interested in looking at Recall Max, you can email sales at recallmax.com or me personally, leah.kreitz at recallmax.com. All right. I'll include all of that in the show notes. Um, also, I have your LinkedIn profile up here. I'm going to throw that on, on the show notes as well. Perfect. And uh, yeah, anyone looking to reach out to, to Leah Recall Max, please, please do so. So Leah, hey, uh, thanks so much. Uh, next time you're in town, please let me know. It'd be great to get together for a cup of coffee or something. And uh, yeah, we'll, maybe we'll do this again soon. Sounds great. Thanks, Bob. Okay. Thanks, Leah. Bye. All right. That was Leah Kreitz, the Vice President of Client Success at Recall Max. Leah, thank you so much for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Great to catch up. Hope we can catch up soon. Uh, for those interested in reaching out, I will have all of our contact information, uh, the Recall Max website, everything in the show notes. So please do that. Leah's uh, LinkedIn profile as well. So go check it out. Any questions, uh, please let me know. Like, follow, subscribe. Happy to hear feedback. So hopefully you guys are enjoying the show. 
I'm enjoying doing it again. Really getting a, a blast of catching up with these people, people I've known for the, over the years. And yeah, so hey, uh, summertime, uh, sun's out. So go enjoy it, have fun, and we'll catch you guys soon. So cheers and bye for now.